0: Welcome in to the Irish NFL show presented by Trust Gaming. You have nowhere else to go. You can't go on Facebook, you can't go on Instagram, you can't go anywhere. (laughs) So welcome in. It's Monday night. Delighted to be joined by Colin Cronin, uh, Brown O'Leary, and a special guest tonight. It's not Jeff Reinbold. These boys have no idea who it is. From Dublin, Mark Cockrell. We didn't think Mark was coming on. So Mark, uh, welcome in, boys. Welcome in.
1: How are we all doing? very good (laughs) very good i'm the only one of us boys who had a a victory sunday what seldom is wonderful and because of the nature of the performance and the nature of the player in which you were saying on friday evening on our show that we should be trading away i thought i'd pull out saquon's jersey tonight because he had a really really fantastic performance happy days Uh,
0: happy days congratulations thanks lowest picks this week as well i'll talk about in the second column you you're a happy man after the
2: weekend no doubt um how how much time do you want to give me michael because um 30 seconds i had vic fangio (laughs) preaching death by inches when he walked in the door um and then i had him making a clown of himself giving out about the the ravens going for a record when he himself had the broncos throwing the football for a meaningless touchdown and calling a timeout with 13 seconds to go um great (laughs) Great five years in um, Broncos uh, country. Uh, Mark talks a lot about Greek mythology. Um, it is Sisyphus. We keep pushing the, the the boulder up to the top only for it to roll down over the top of whatever QB happens to be behind it. Um, shambles, omni-shambles, embarrassing, oh. uh, frustrating. <laughs> All words I could use to describe Tom uh, McMahon's special teams. Um we, we talk constantly about that play that the Colts have, um, and he keeps showing uh, form, but he keeps his job. Delightful. Welcome. Hello.
0: Hello, and hi to everybody watching on YouTube and Facebook. Well, not on Facebook, sorry, Mark Zuckerberg, but everyone watching on Twitter and on YouTube. We've got 50 people on Twitter at the minute. There's 10 on YouTube. If you have any comments, fire them in. They have to be manually put up via Twitter, but uh, feel free to ask anything. In terms of asking anything, uh, Mark Cocker, Mac Jones literally put me to sleep last night how are you doing today i'm i'm good man i was uh thoroughly entertained by a very tight game going into the early hours
3: in the morning but uh look in many ways glad that regular season game is out of the way but look the weekend wasn't really about that i could harp on about i was the only one of us to pick the seahawks or i could harp on as the only one to pick the giants But I think a fair dose of humble pie, talk about Greek references, biblical references, and David versus Goliath to bring to mind with a couple of the results of the weekend. I'm not referring to the Giants, Brian, but the New York Jets, obviously overcoming a Goliath in the form of Derek Henry, deserves fair and appropriate mention at the right time. And uh, equally for me, I did want to go against the grain by picking the Lions, criticising the Bears' offensive woes and struggles. Um, but in both games, they put players in a position to succeed. They put both young quarterbacks in a position uh, to succeed. I didn't think Matt Nagy could call a proper offensive game, but they adapted the playbook for Justin Fields, which is great. He,
2: he didn't call it, Mark. He handed it. He That's, That's true. That's true. Right. All of a sudden, All right.
0: All right. All right. Hold the on, amount the of Bears
1: fans today, I'm sure we'll get to it, but the amount of Bears fans today are just calling for his head already after yesterday. It's. It's gonna be a long season for that man.
0: uh Let's get back to that in a minute. But you're talking about the Jets, Mark. Just to remind people, if they haven't seen, because we've already been spamming their profiles, um, we're live from Tottenham on Sunday morning from nine o'clock. The Jets playing the Falcons in a substantial game. The Jets won yesterday. Uh, so I just want to start to show off by apologising to all the Jets fans that I annoyed uh, in Navin at the weekend. Uh, I literally quote said, "There's no point in talking about this game. I'm going to move on now." On second thought, uh, that wasn't good enough. I was wrong to do that, but to be fair, like I mean, the team didn't score a touchdown in the first three games, so I just thought it was a waste of time going up against the Titans. But in reality, like him our friend Brandon Perna put money on the Jets because he's seen that guys like Julio Jones and, and Brown weren't playing. So, uh, look, fair play to the Jets, Colin. I'll start with you. What, what a performance for them! Now going to London with a bit of hope this weekend against the Falcons as well. Massive upset.
2: Yeah, and look, kudos to the Jets. I suppose if we talked in our pre-season, our preview, um, what well, we were all excited about the, the Jets, and um, they had got in a really um, top-class head coach, but the first three weeks of the season were massively disappointing, and they hadn't scored a touchdown going into yesterday's game since week one. Um, and I suppose they, even though the, the Titans – are get we're getting results despite not playing very well but you still expected they would they would have enough but the jets entered yesterday with six sacks and they took ryan Tannehill down seven times also with quincy and quinnell williams getting a sack each in the game first brothers to get sacks in the league since 1982 which is uh pretty impressive but when you sack the quarterback seven times um that's, a, you know, a tone setting. So kudos to the Jets. Wilson was um, very good and they can take a, a, a well-earned victory lap. And going into that game, what we'll talk more about obviously at the weekend. Um, but they're the ones going in on a high, uh, certainly. And, you know, um, I don't know if anyone out there has seen the video of Robert Salah in the dressing room afterwards giving out the, the game ball, but there was a, a real buzz uh, around that um, that Jets team uh, after that.
0: What was your thoughts on that Brian last night?
1: Good old dude. Sorry, guys. Um, on the point in the game, Titans. the Titans in the first half, you kind of got a sense that this game could strangely go to Jets way because they had two long drives and they only ended up taking field goals and when you leave a team hanging around in the second half, they came out, they look re-energised really because um, players in the game that were completely missing in the first half and the quarterback the quarterback showed for a certain. saying why he's like there's a lot of snippets today on, on social around certain players were in the game and they're kind of pointing out these are the reasons why the jets felt he was worthy of the number two picks uh, little throws into certain areas that were just precise and on the on the ball and literally it was a, either a catch or it's going to be intercepting and, and he managed that. and from where he was two weeks ago against the Patriots to where he was yesterday in the second half and for Salah, I mean, despite the, the the losses and the constant abuse, even ourselves have been given the Jets, I think it's very evident that the team are very much behind their new coach. And I, I suppose it was just a case of when they got, when they got it over the line. And the Titans, we touched on it so many times. on such a Jack and Hyde type of side. Like if Derek Henry doesn't play well, they don't win. And we touched on it on Friday. He's got most receptions this season outside of the two guys. And that was the difference. In, to a certain extent, they were missing Brown and they were missing Jones. And it was evident that... The other guys just weren't stepping up to the mark. And as I said, I think if those two guys played, I think we might have seen a different result. But they weren't playing. Jets pull out a win. And changes the dynamic for this Sunday's game very has big time.
0: Yeah, Mark, that really gives this game on Sunday a bit more of a bite. Obviously, the Falcons now need a win after yesterday. But the Jets get that win and, and really shut a lot of people up, including me and my big fat mouth.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, look, the Falcons threw away a game against Washington. They could have won again. And to be honest, I mean, there was plenty of times during that game where it looked like the Jets were going to find a way to throw it away again. I mean, it had the hallmarks of the Raiders game last year where they re- literally seized defeat out of the jaws of victory. And I think it was, you know, a fourth and 10 conversion by the, Ra- by the Titans, several fourth and twos. They get the touchdown at the end of the game. It was like It was like the Jets had to win that game four times now you can make a point to say well that's really positive because they showed the resilience to win or they nearly threw it away a few times the defense as Colin Lute, was amazing uh, the williams boys but also cj mosley i mean jets fans must be delighted after bringing him in on such a massive free agency deal only seeing him play for two games then opt out of last year Is like are we ever going to see our money's worth here in relation to it my god as he stepped up to the game and they kept the jets in that game but for me, the big thing was Zach Wilson after the, the halftime. It was like Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator. I'm, I'm going to use a reference to Michael get. Jacques Lafleur from Mask. Anyone remember Mask? But Jacques LaFleur was an agent, and that was like he put the special mask on and said, right, I'm now actually going to call a more dynamic offensive game. And I'm going to trust Zach Wilson, who made quick decisions, who made decisive um, decision making, and got the ball out on time, at speed, with good velocity. And they stretched the play the, the play keen and colon third and two wasn't a simple little completion it was down the field it was going for it it was trying even at 221 left in the game third and ten did they try a little underneath thing to keep the clock running no they actually went for the kill blow on a corner route you know he didn't execute it perfectly and he executed plenty of throws in that half well um but they went for the more like let's finish this game let's win this game Um, Robert Sall is a great head coach. We lauded it massively. The Jets won the free agency and the coaches. But let's remember as well, they're still not a very good team. Like, they've starting too many young players. They've got – we said it in the preseason. They've got 50% of their team, you know, one or two years in the league. Quarter of their team are rookies. They're going to have a lot of growing pains. And by the time they figure out who's good and who's not – you start getting a couple of years on and then you're going to free agency challenges and all of the, the usual fun and games. So they've got a lot still to work out. And I don't think really they're designed to beat any good teams. But here's the good news for Jets fans. They don't play many good teams for the rest of the season. They've got the Bills twice and the Bucks. And then they've got teams like the Patriots, the Bengals. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of teams on that that if you're a Jets fan, you're looking and going, and the Falcons next week we could win this game like i mean this this isn't beyond the realm of possibility so great win one swallow does not make a solid but they should enjoy it and keep trying to build and we need to see more of the zach wilson we saw in the second half and overtime last uh, yesterday than we have for the three and a half weeks of the season so far
0: dan o'neill is saying the goddamn jets i think he means that in a good way and ian mulligan is saying the afc south is a bad division this year thanks to everybody's comments Great to see so many people watching and joining in, folks. Really appreciate it. We're giving away a jersey on Twitter. All you gotta do is retweet, follow, and like our pinned tweet. and uh, we're gonna give it away tonight. We announced the to winner tomorrow morning. Uh, it's been going all week, so feel free to enter. Uh we're gonna look at the Rams and the cards now in just a wee second. There's a comment here from Owen Farrell saying he is not ready yet, but the future looks bright. Patience required. Uh okay, so the Rams cards. I just put a tweet out there now saying, are the Rams sorry are the cardinals the best team in the nfl at the minute a huge statement column yesterday at SoFi stadium against the rams do you think this is a blip for la or do do you think the cardinals are for real in that sense or you know the best team in the nfc
2: well i it's one uh i uh when it comes to predicting um i'm i definitely have my foibles but it was one where i always thought that the cards were gonna do it i think the Rams expended so much energy in that game against the, the Bucs and, and proving to be number one, it was always going to be difficult to look to maintain that. And the cards are for real. And they have so many different options. They It's, it's not just on one receiver. It's not just on one running back. Um, the quarterback can beat you by passing it. The quarterback can beat you with his feet. He can keep um, it alive. So they have lots of different options. Having um, Vance Joseph as your DC rather than your HC is a, a nice thing to to have, um, and it it shows that you know um, the for the Rams it's it's come you know crashing down to earth. They they have work to do on the defensive side of things. Um, with, uh, Staley moving on to, to the chargers and obviously new system, it's going to be, um, a little bit different with him gone. So we'll, we'll see how, how that goes. And look, if the, the Cardinals put a plan in place, if you can stop Cooper cup, you take away much Stafford's favorite, favorite shiny toy. And he's got to, to come up, um, with, uh, with new ideas. Now they still put up a lot of points. And uh, they are still a, a serious force. What I will say, though, is one one thing that I read earlier that was uh, interesting was that the, the cards, uh, since moving um, to Phoenix in 1988, the cards have only started 4-0 one other time, which was in 2012. And they finished 5-11 that year. Yeah. I don't believe that's happening this year. They're They're, t- they're far too good for that. Um, But it again goes to show that the um, the NFC West is a serious, serious division and it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, And there will probably be one team out of that who are really good, who aren't going to make it to to the postseason and will be left really disappointed whilst, you know, some other division (laughs) sees the winner go through. Um, But that's that's the NFL.
0: Yeah, we've got comments there. Brian saying, red, hashtag Red Sea from Ad Villa and Deadshot. Ian Madigan saying that wide receiver course Taylor made for this offense. Not just Nervé, but 200 yards on the ground. Great to see Brian, guys, like like AJ Green come in for the Cardinals and, and do well. And that offense just looks great.
1: Yeah, but I think we 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 focus so much on the offense. It's about time we start giving the defense some praise because you know we talked about that Rams defense being the bullies of the league well yesterday they got out bullied and the front seven of the Cardinals got the Stafford he didn't know what, what was coming at him time and time again we saw certain parts of Stafford's game that we're used to seeing in Detroit where he's under pressure and he makes bad decisions and the cards offensively was very stable in the sense that like it was explosive but at the same time they had the ball for 35 minutes of the game and a halftime Sean McVay going in and said We'll see what's made, what's made of my team in the second half. Well, his team only had the ball three times in the second half, because the Cards took the ball down, up and down the field. Nine minutes one drive, seven minutes the next. I think it was near nine again on the tour drive. They couldn't get the ball. It was very efficient. And when they did have the ball, they couldn't do anything, because the defence was so on top of them. Big win for the Cards. Didn't see it coming. I felt that after last week. I know we kind of touched on it during the show that it could be a little bit of a fallback game because of how big the focus was on beating the Bucs, but I still felt they'd have enough, but yeah the Rams are sorry the Rams yeah look the Rams will, will be there but the cards the cards motor on and yeah arguably, they arguably are the best team in, in the NFC at the moment
0: everything has changed week to week Mark who knows what might happen I mean I didn't think Mark the Bucks would be held under 25 last night and it just goes and goes every week but Kyler Murray mm-hmm. looking fresh man you need it Michael look mathematically the Cards
3: are the best team in the NFL they're the only team of four and the Raiders can match them tonight, obviously, but they are technically, mathematically, the best team with records, but records can lie, you know. The Broncos were three and oh. That that's, that's a prime example. But last year the, the Steelers were 10-0, for example. And we always thought there was a bit of weakness in the schedule, and it was a bit of a, a incongruous concept. Um, it's funny, like yesterday, um We saw Zach Wilson throw an absolute beautiful strike, 54 yards to Corey Davis. We're going to see tonight, in my mind, the best deep ball thrower of the football in Justin Herbert. But if you asked me through four weeks, who has been the most accurate quarterback in a kind of, in a context of, you know, uh, not pure percentage, but in gotta have them throws or big time throws. And indeed, who is the MVP through four weeks through the, you know, Nearly quarter mark now in a 17 game season, I would say Kyler Murray. And Brian's right. I mean, the defense has stepped up at times as well. I mean, obviously, the first game of the season with the five sack performance by Chandler Jones and things like this. But then they weren't, they were absent without leave against the Vikings game. and Kyler bailed them out. Yesterday proved that they proved how tough that division's going to be. But I mean, let's just compare other divisions. I mean, the comment about the AFC South, Titans are still top of that with a 2 and 2 record. The AFC East. The Bills have the old Patriots position. They've only played four games. They've got a two-game lead on everyone else in the division uh, in relation to it. But that NFC West is still the NFC best. Um, and God knows every one of those interdivision games are going to be worth seeing. And we've got another one coming up Thursday night, if I remember correctly. So it's worth uh, keeping a track on that division. And does steel sharpen steel, or do they blunt each other along the way? That's gonna be one of the other
0: challenges to explore. Yeah, that's that, that that's a massive game ahead of Thursday night. We'll have a show on First Night nine or ten o'clock with uh, hopefully a couple of guys on as well talking beforehand. The Rams and the Seahawks. It's that shouldn't be on Thursday night. I mean, tell you what, was will a game in London at half two our time on, on Sunday instead. Um the Giants went to the Saints yesterday in the Superdome and the game uh, went to overtime. Giants battled back. Saquon Barkley played really well. The game went to overtime and then this happened.
1: You're our visiting team. You have the choice. This is Tails. This is Heads. Heads.
2: heads. heads. heads, heads is the call. Off it, off it. And it Whoa! is Heads. We won't that the That's why we've got the kick. Kick it that way.
0: I don't know what he said but it didn't sound very good uh, uh what, what, what's that song in irish he and the exactly and um,
1: the, the story behind that is we we, we picked tails on every toss this season and we've lost and on the way out he was told to pick tails by george and he said he he went against him thankfully he won. the he won it
0: <laughs> Tails never feels brown will start with you obviously a big one for the giants Um, one and three now in the season They've got a tough schedule ahead, but still good motivation. A good performance from Daniel Jones and a good performance, obviously, from Saquon Barkley and, and as a team as well.
1: Jones' career game so far: over 400 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions for the season. Okay, he had the one with the hail mary in the, in the first half, but I mean that's a throwaway, so I'm not going to read too much into that. But look, for all the flaws this season, he's not the problem. And the offensive line, for an offensive line that's been put together, it, it's been consistent enough in terms of how it's played. And, thought the game was going to go for us i thought we played reasonably well throughout the game but unfortunately it just looked like again it was going to be one of those days and we were punting down by 11 with eight minutes to go and i was saying to myself what are we doing here but looked the defense stepped up with two big two big uh, holes uh, two big drives in terms of stopping gave the ball back and jones managed to find players and i touched on it on friday showed i felt barkley it was time for him to start moving away from this whole injury conversation from last season, start playing efficiently. He had a great game. And Kadarius Tony. I said, again, another point I made on the show this weekend was, why are all these other teams using their first round wide receiver rookies last season this year? And they're all playing fantastic, but yet the Giants are working with this whole. We need to ease them into the game. Well, this weekend, they had no choice put to put him in because two of our main wide receivers were out. And by golly, does he look a player? He only had 78 yards. He doesn't stand out, but the players themselves, you can see why they, why they draft him. And I've been saying for weeks, I know we're, look, I don't think we'll win next week against the Cowboys, but I think we're better than what we look on paper in terms of the record. But they say, as I said to Colin today, your record is what your record is, but the Giants are really kicking themselves, that so they let last week's go, game go against the Falcons, because teams could be very different in terms of two and two with momentum of two wins. But look, it's a big win, and for the Saints, Sean Payton went very conservative towards the back end of the game. Which was very strange. Kamara was held and no catches in the game. He did run for 170 yards, which is a concern. But look for the joints; it just shows again. People were questioning the Judge this week. I don't fall into the trap of believing that he doesn't have the dressing him. I think he definitely has the dressing him. And this nonsense that players don't want to play him is just for me. It's just it's hocus pocus. The players showed again yesterday that they're committing to him. And and Jason Gary, who's got a lot of stick over the past month, and rightly so, he he drew he drew up a good a good play book yesterday because. He went quite vertical with a lot of players. Maybe that's because we had players such as John Ross, who we took out from the Bengals, who you know gives us that option. But he called a good play, and they were very aggressive in the overtime as well, looking to get the touchdown to win the game.
0: I'm to have to give it to Brian. He's he's took abuse for weeks from us, and he's held true. He's he was the only man that, that picked the Giants on, on Sunday <laughs> no, no. in Navin, and you know, obviously a, a big win for the Giants there. And I'm, I'm really sorry. I was just sitting listening to that. Colin, a big win for the Giants before we move on, yeah? Well done, Mark.
2: Yeah. Um, so my my notes uh, said that the, the Giants were the best uh, 0-3 team and the Saints were Jekyll and Hyde. But the Saints were Jekyll and Hyde in the game because they, Brian said, like, they went super conservative in the fourth quarter. They're, they couldn't get into, into the red zone. And, um, like, for for a team who there were there were a couple of kind of big highlight moments in the, the game obviously Taysom hill's kind of um super mario s run where he picked up the star and just seemed to run through guys um but the, the giants didn't allow their their heads to to drop um I am intrigued to see you know the kind of getting that walk off win what impact that might have uh, and um for for the Saints though, you you've got to really think. You know, for them, the the return home. Um, it's been a really strange season, and I, I think they are still searching for their identity. Uh, obviously, in a in a post breeze world, I, I I I would I would guess that neither of their two quarterbacks. When you have two quarterbacks, you've no quarterback, but neither of those two QBs. Will be starting for the saints next year i would imagine
0: mark you are a genius my friend you had it right all along no doubt whatsoever even, even
3: a Blind squirrel finds a nut every so often, Michael. I think. Um, I mean,
0: that's you were reaching for one there, man. I know you were. were Look, I
3: I, to be honest, they didn't win the way I thought they win, which is I thought uh Jameis Winston might implode a little bit more. Um, in terms of the conservatism, I think the entire game was like, don't let Jameis blow up, uh, blow it up for us. And Peyton called a very conservative game for him, but. In fairness to the giants i did to think that daniel jones could start to build on the performance he had against washington they'd had 10 days to prepare and as brian said saquon barkley like the fact the shirt has made its way out of the closet brian uh, once again
1: um you know show uh, michael, michael had me selling it on, on there for I, you there <laughs>
3: I think he was very sensitive to that comment last week, uh, the other day, Michael, about, you know, maybe it should trade. What statement. I
0: meant was my team went the same last year where they went like 0 3, yeah. 0-4. And at that point, all the talk was saying, yeah, start trading away, boys. That yeah. I didn't mean it disrespectfully; disrespect the way I just thought.
1: I know, what, no, I understand. that. No, don't, I'm all joking, aside. So I totally get where you're well, from. my the picks trade, were great last night, don't the, worry. The trade deadline oh. is, is in November the 2nd. Like, we're going to have, we are going to have, not just the Giants, Broncos, other teams, like, this is going to go on now for the next month. Park, if anybody
3: it. wants anything around Detroit, I mean, you know, the Lions are going to get a kick in from time to time, of course. Uh, but, like, seriously, uh, uh, you know, they're they're in the dire straits. But, look, um, it was a great weekend for, you know, a little bit of redemption stories in, in, in some context. I mean, Daniel Jones said Zach Wilson obviously performed in the second half. But then we had new stories evolving as well, Michael, didn't we, in some of the games? Like, you know, we had a few quarterbacks knocked out of games, but – Probably nothing as dramatic as uh, San Francisco and uh, the Seahawks mm. um, necessarily. I know we'll get to that in due course, but I'm just intrigued because Jared pulled up the comment about was it just me or was Trey Lance quite bad, which I think is uh, certainly something we could touch on a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think let's let's join let's look at that game next. I have tweeted out, so I'll stay with this. But uh, a big win for a team that last won something when I was four years old last night.
1: You did one hell of a
2: job, and the only
0: thing else I got to say is, How about your John? Yeah, yeah! yeah the internet's down ever- world, worldwide. Uh, you know, the economy's away to hell altogether. It's 1995 all over again. The Cowboys beat the Panthers, the Panthers fall to three and one. I was root boys, I have to say now, that was an impressive performance. Not just from the Cowboys last night, Colin, but Sam Darnold. He looks really good or maybe i'm crazy
2: no he he did he looked um you know he he looked much better than i expected him to to look um but ultimately the the panthers ran into a freight train in the cowboys because um just like the cardinals the cowboys have a bevy of of weapons and Zeke looks like a player reborn now that you know he. It's not all on him in the running game by by mixing it with Pollard, um. It's made a, an enormous difference. Dak is playing absolute lights out coming off that that injury, and um. You know this was a, a Panthers defense who you know, I mean, what a day for number one uh, defenses between the <coughs> Panthers and, and the Broncos. Um, but the, the Cowboys really, um, on offense, could kind of do what they wanted. And look, there, there's nobody. Uh, digs has, is it five uh, interceptions um, through the, the first four games? Um, so uh, he's uh, on course, uh, perhaps, to, to, to break Night Train Lane's uh, long, long, long standing record. Uh, that would be amazing if that was to happen. Probably unlikely. One of those ones that will stand forever, I think. But it would be one that you would love to to see broken. Um, but the for the for the Cowboys, um, yeah, they they are they are serious uh, serious business. And I think the only criticism I've seen levelled at them this morning was uh, Peter, King or Peter King giving out about Mike McCarthy's uh, hoodie.
0: I actually, like the hoodie, Brian. How about them Cowboys, my friend? I
1: yeah. I yeah, the Panthers' defense challenged him to run the ball on him. Well, by golly, did, did they? 24 attempts at running 245 yards and 143 of those to Zeke. Two weeks ago, we said he was washed up and he's running for 143 yards and a touchdown. Sam Darnold did have a, a very good game in the first half and he ran into touchdowns. But as the game wore on, their offensive line wore on and the Cowboys' defense got some. Randy Gregory in particular, who, you know, has had his off-the-field problems. Played really well. Two sacks, four hits on Darnolds And yeah, Diggs had two two interceptions. They're getting, they're coming together on both sides of the ball as well. I know they gave up a lot of points. You know, it was a very high-scoring game. But, but the Cowboys' defense, particularly the secondary, for a secondary that was so poor last year and we were questioning in the offseason, it's playing really well. And their offense, I mean, 40-odd points this week, 40 last week. They went down to Tampa and put up 29. It's going to be a difficult one on Sunday. Giants Cowboys
3: yeah I, I was taking the Mick out of the Cowboys in week one because it did look like they forgot how to defend play action and they had in that particular game but they've moved Mike Parsons away from where he played in college a little bit more to focus on the edge and he's having an impact um in that position um and in fact it looks more solid defense overall um I was going to bring up the stats about the rushing like brian just did there i mean the 7.2 yards on average per carry is just unreal i mean dak threw for only 188 yards but four tds almost like a Jameis winston week one type of line there coming out from the cowboys now the only thing we've got to deal with michael is two things number one your clip was a year out because that was jimmy johnson that and it's barry switzer who won the last super bowl with the cowboys. four or five um, years old missed, like, you you're only missed. four we'll forgive you you know appreciate <laughs> that you know early 90s is generally fine but um you know the other thing we've got to worry about now is the cowboys usually threw away in recent years let's be honest threw away games they should have won like this this game this weekend even last week's game would have been one so you'd expect like oh they've made a good performance now they're gonna mess it up somehow and they're gonna fall away the offense is still clicking the defense continues to improve, and now what we're going to have to live for for at least the next thirteen weeks of the regular season is: Are they for real? Could they make it to the Super Bowl? Could they make a Super Bowl run? Are they really contenders, etc.? And I get the excitement. I get the the Cowboys fans dying to to jump on, but they, they've got a ways to go yet. Let's see how it goes. But my God, that offense! Um, Anthony's comment: Elliot find his old self again. It definitely was. Uh, a, a back to the future type game for him great to see great to see for cowboys fans but i, I just want to see them keep it consistent before we all start getting carried away because past performance does sometimes indicate future uh, uh performance of teams not necessarily shares but teams
0: anyway for me uh, a good cowboys team makes a better crack boys down the stretch i think like like i'm not talking about Dez and lambo field and stuff like that there but if the Cowboys play really well and they get to the end of the season in the playoff contention or in the playoffs or if they win the East, for a neutral, I think it's always good to watch. Never mind if you're a fan or even if you're a Giants fan or a team in the NFC East fan, you hate them. So I think it's always good. It's good for the league. And um, I was really impressed with the, run, with, with, with the run game yesterday with Pollard and Elliott. And Elliott looks possessed. Yesterday, it was almost as if somebody said to him, here, if you don't start doing something, your boy might... Do you, do you know what I mean? So... Um, it was impressive, really impressive, Doc Prescott. But I was really impressed with how it stretched out that lead in the game, and that game was over with an hour ago. Like it was over. I mean,
3: Michael, a quick follow up on it is like you know, in the NFC at the start of the year, we were kind of going, well, Tampa Bay are going to be around there, the Packers are going to be around there, and we were calling out the Rams could have a serious chance. The exciting thing when we see you know the Cowboys stepping up like they have in the first four weeks, the Cards obviously starting four and zero. Is you start to see the depth of potential matchups in the playoffs, the te- depths of different ways in which things could break, depending on who gets the first seed, who's wildcards, and who have to go where. And, and that's obviously what builds up the excitement for us as fans over the, the full period of the regular season. So it's great to see different teams emerging and looking like credible threats.
0: The comment here as well from Owen saying, uh, Elliot, look, he was proving the point in the media. Also, a big shout-out to the Irish Panthers. I think the Panthers still didn't do too bad last night as well. Get CMC back, and I think they're going to be really a force to be reckoned with in the NFC. Let's let's jump to the Seahawks game. So the Seahawks uh, play in the 49ers. I had picked the 49ers. It was in Levi's stadium. I thought that they would get the win. But the Seahawks get the win 28-21. It looks like Jimmy G, Colin, could be out for at least four weeks or around that there. Thank God he's not London bound. I don't get the Jimmy G hit. I, I like Jimmy G putting that
2: yeah that's because he's not quarterbacking your team um i mean the Take issue is in. this is t- do fine that's great he looked he look great for two weeks until he's injured um and he'll he'll be gone because he said it at the podium himself it's getting old and who could have who could possibly have predicted that jimmy g would be go down with an injury nobody'd be going you know the trey lance would have to come in and Now, Jimmy's trade value drops significantly, most people. Um, So, again, Kyle Shanahan wanting to be the smartest man in the room, wanting to know that he um, was better than everyone. He knew the way to go about this. Um, Funny, in week four, Trevor Lawrence started to look a whole lot better. Zach Wilson looked a whole lot better. Justin Fields won a game for the Bears. But the 49ers they're still not starting their guy that they gave the farm up for. So when he comes in, yeah, of course he looks shaky. It takes a couple of games, but these guys find their feet. What are you sitting them for? It is. Do they think that it's back in the Jimmy Johnson era, back in 1994 where college was so different that you couldn't have these guys? Trey Lance has barely played football over the past couple of years. Sitting him does no good for anybody because at some point you're going to have to bring him in and he is going to have to take his licks. He is going to have to learn. Um, not only, uh, look, Russell Wilson was absolutely brilliant. But the other thing was the 49ers special teams were horrific. And they also gave a whole load of yards away. So, um, yeah, they, like, Kyle Shannon has a brilliant offensive mind. But there are definite issues going on at, uh, at that franchise.
1: Colin made a point on Air Group last night during this particular game where he said that the reason why um, the 49ers haven't won this game at this stage is because of uh, the fact that Jimmy G was in there and his play was so inconsistent. Seattle, people are saying today, Wilson had a great game. I- I'm struggling with that one because first half, punt, 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 six players, touchdown. Two for 10 and two for 10. Toward he was four for four in the red zone throughout the night. The game changed with, with Jimmy G going over. As bad as he played, he... he um, game change with Lance coming in. Michael Lombardi was very funny today. It was great having him on last week. On his podcast today, he said, Trey Lance is the kind of quarterback that would be ready next year to be ready for the year after. That's how poor he is as a quarterback. So he's two years away from being an efficient quarterback in this league. Um, And then people today are going, look at the stats. He was two for, he was eight for this and 170 yards. One of them was a blown play for 70 yards on a touchdown because the Seahawks secondary went AWOL. The rest of the game, he was eight for 81 he looked all at sea and yeah colin that's a fair point maybe they should be playing from week one but he's obviously not ready otherwise why wouldn't he be playing ironically enough of the four quarterbacks mac jones who's who was the last one to be selected right now for me looks the most efficient one of the four probably a lot to do with the fact that he's playing under the greatest head coach ever Ah, well who's who's played better than it
0: justin fields is good yesterday boys
1: you're throwing your justin fields under the bus last week consistently he, over the
0: game oh. he was good yesterday i'm not saying he's a, he's not i'm just just a funny player he's playing the lions don't get me wrong mac jones can throw the ball I mean, have a few nice sturdy passes but
1: mac jones is throwing the ball with check downs unfortunately because the offensive line is struggling i know we're going to come to that game in a minute but he, that, that's the reason because he needs to get rid of it for the offensive line they need to get cam brown back very quickly on that line at right tackle because there's a reason why they're struggling mm. anyway There's my rant over, the whole 49ers (laughs) team.
0: Mark, what do you got before we look at the brand?
3: Um, Yeah, no, I mean, look, the Seahawks thought they had enough. Um, Super competitive division, as I said. The both teams are now 2-2. And I'd worry a bit about the 49ers. I mean, it's not like, I mean, they were cursed with the injury bug last year. Look what's happened to them this year. Losing top corner, losing four running backs, now losing their starting quarterback, who they've selected as their starting quarterback um, for a number of weeks in relation to it. And, of course, it looked like a different uh, team. But can Carl Shanahan adapt on the move? Yes, I think he can. Does Trey Lance have the tools potentially to be successful in the league? Absolutely. Do I think that's happening in a couple of weeks in a rapid turnaround? No. And, unfortunately, in that division, a couple of weeks could be all you need to fall irretrievably behind in terms of catching up for the rest of the season. So two potential seasons of the 49ers ruined by injuries is the concern. But hey, let's see what they come out with last week. Like, we called out Justin Fields, called out the fact they changed the game plan, they changed the play corner, didn't try and play Justin Fields and Andy Dalton offense. Don't try to call Trey Lance in a Jimmy Garoppolo offense either because that won't work. And at least the 49ers coaching staff um have the competence I think to do that slightly better um okay. but you know kudos to Pete Carroll and the Seahawks they go marching on and they haven't yet collapsed into to nothingness as Michael was calling out at the start of the season they will they I mean they will
0: like they're they're a DK or, or locket injury away from not happening like they look like a faulty sort of they, they, they I, 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 agree
1: with, I agree with Michael I said this team this team are a couple of layers away from <laughs> their defense no that definitely. division is
0: uh that division for the second and third place anyway is is a week is a week 17 week 8 week 18 situation it still feels weird saying week eighteen. whoever's given us loads of love on Twitter thank you very much uh we're, we're gonna look at Washington in the minute WTF WFT but we're gonna very quickly look at Minnesota against uh Cleveland for me I said it in the of the weekend I still still felt it. you know that this was a really intriguing game for me Boys, it it was a game column that it was there for Minnesota. It was there for Minnesota. All Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer had to do was make the right decisions at the right times and they couldn't do it. And and they could beat 14-17. Sorry, 14-7.
2: Yeah, but that's the that's the difference. Whereas Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson find ways to win. Um Zimmer and Kirk Cousins find ways to lose. And that's why I think like Look, Pete Carroll, I I have issues with what happened at USC, but in this league, to be competitive every year is ridiculous because it's set up to for parody, and he still finds a way. Zimmer, yeah, they had. Look, I I said it the other night. The Vikings could be. Any team in this league. Could the Vikings beat the Rams? Absolutely. Could they beat the Bucs? Absolutely. Could they beat the Cards? Absolutely. They're capable of beating anyone, but they're also capable of losing to to anyone. The, The Texans, the Jaguars could beat this Vikings team depending on what shows up. Um, and and you just don't know they opening like they opened up that like they went down the field 80 yards um cousins looked magnificent jefferson touchdown they were absolutely cooking at, at that point they didn't score a single point for for the rest of the game they had opportunities to win it a number of times they couldn't do it in fairness to joe woods um aided by miles garrett who uh, is just unblockable um, at at the moment. Um, they they held them in, in check, uh, and um, you know certainly if as a as a Broncos fan, you see Joe Woods doing in his thing. You see, um, obviously, um, our, our our friend down uh, with the the Cardinals, Vance Joseph, doing his thing. Um, and uh difficult to, uh, to to see that but the the Browns are um they're, they're, they're serious business with that that defense. Look if you're Baker Mayfield mm, um, but it, but the fo- let's focus on the the good the the defense is very good.
0: And also if Baker Mayfield had no legs, all he has to do is just go here you go cream here you go nick <laughs> go on ahead i'll see you in los angeles maybe i'll grow a couple of per- I mean, I'll, I'll grow a couple of days before the comment here from Nal porig saying very frustrating performance from the vikings zimmer and cousins coming up short again and brian somebody's jer has said to us no apology required in regards to the jets i can be at the sunday morning show though access accepted as apology um let's see what we can do but if we then go for the falcons then we're in trouble Brian. yeah
1: yeah, I'm torn on that game already. Um, I'm worried
0: going, if we get if we don't pick the Jets. Now,
1: Sky are very unfortunate this weekend. Well, not maybe not so much on the second round of games, but they selected this game as their main game, and we all felt this would be a high-scoring game. But look, mm. look, I was focused on the Giants game, but I I did take time out this morning to watch back the highlights, and the highlights really were very limited in terms of what was what was uh, available. But one stat that did kind of show up for me was that the Browns held the Vikings to 245 yards, and bear in mind they put a 400-plus, you know, yards in their first three games, just again proves that this Browns defense, I know they had the nine sacks last week, but we said it's against a Bears team that, you know, doesn't look like they're going very far this season, so it was hard to gauge, and they'd been a bit dicey the the previous week against the Texans and against the Chiefs, so we saw the Browns defense that we saw last year, they're very dominant, and that's ultimately that won the game, I know you touched on the fact that the Vikings had opportunities at the end, but that defense played really well yesterday. And Miles Garrett is some player when he gets going.
3: Yeah, it was it was the weekend the revenge games in some respects. Uh, Brian, some bloke went back to Foxborough. I don't know who he is. Headed. Um uh, Corey Davis, obviously with the Jets, beat the Titans. They didn't go to t- Tennessee, Antonio but Anthony O'Brien yeah. back,
0: went back to right. Foxborough.
3: Had his revenge there. And, and Kevin Stavansky, of course, um, the reigning NFL uh, coach of the year, um, formerly with the Vikings, probably took great pleasure in delivering that win. For me, two just tidbits to add in. Uh, what were the Vikings thinking at the end of the first half? Facing a third and 20, and they somehow let Kareem Hunt gallop away for 33 yards to set up a 48 yarder to finish the thing. It was like. Points were at a premium here. And what defense they called in that regard was just bizarre. But equally then, and I called it out mainly because I keep doing a mayor culpa I still go back to our week one preview and I'm kind of going, Harrison Buck versus Chase McLaughlin. Oh, this is a journeyman guy. He could throw it away. He's going to lose it on a field goal. He still hasn't missed a kick. And he nailed a 53-yarder and a 48-yarder yesterday in a 14-7 game. That really counts. I mean, look. I'm not going to get excited about the Browns winning ugly. It's good to see them winning ugly, though. Usually they lost the ugly games because the offense clearly isn't fully in sync. To only put up 14 points, they need to be doing more than that. Baker you need to get your act together and not rely just on Chubb and Hunt to keep them going. But Jarvis Landry, obviously being injured, Odell looked out of sync, obviously on a couple of plays there as well, which is some of the impact. But my god, that defense! The Vikings' offense is for real. Like we said it many, many times before, Thielen, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Look what they did to the cards uh, in week two amongst others. And they can do it, as Colin says, they can turn it on and turn it off. I'm never betting on a game involving the Vikings or the Cowboys ever, ever, ever again until next week when I break it. But still, it's not worth losing money in relation to it. And that Browns defense to hold them seven points was super impressive. So... Um, fair play to them in that regard I mean I know they've got some benefit in relation to it not everybody's fully fit on it in relation to it uh, in respect of the Vikings but it's still an immense performance and that defense deserves a ton of credit
1: not to look too far ahead to the weekend's games but we're talking about explosive offenses with the Vikings if we've got a Monday night game to come but the Browns are going to the Chargers this Sunday so that's a really, really good and a really enticing game to, to look forward to. So let's see let's see. Can they slow down in another aggressive offense that one one of the best quarterbacks in the league?
0: Uh John John Cahol, uh Browns Ireland, Brown's Ireland, like big, big, massive Irish fan for the Browns. Uh, massive Browns fan. Uh, Baker looked well off yesterday defense build us out. Um let's see how the Browns get on down the stretch. Um can we talk about Washington now? Yeah are we prepared to we should a, we should six percent right. i think we were like seven minutes ago there was a six percent chance of them coming back and winning that game they win the game 34 30. taylor Heineke, column would make you drink multiple heinekens never mind Heinekes and um, great performance from washington nfc east having a good day yesterday Colin. in some cases <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, but if you're the the Falcons, I mean, it's it must feel very similar to last year again. Like you're you're winning, and yet, like right at the end, you're finding ways to to lose. Now, kudos to Washington who showed a lot of pluck. Uh, I think missed two two extra uh, point or points after. Um, and but like if you w- when you have Terry McLaurin, you are in with a, a shot because he he is fantastic and. Look that uh, McKissick touchdown where, like, fair play Heineke takes everybody left and then chucks it right. Um, that it was it was uh, fantastic. It reminded me of, um, and I, I referenced this uh, to Mark the other day about like France '98, uh, JJ O'Kachio, and the world fell in love with him. At one point, he he did a bit of skill, and the entire it was against Denmark. But the entire stadium went left, and JJ went uh, went right. Um, but you know, for for Washington, they I can't imagine there's too many of their fans that that thought that it would be their offense that would be with their backup QB that would be carrying them to victory because um, their defense is still yet to to show up. It, it's still MIA. Um, but what a what an exciting uh, victory uh, for them, and and good to good to see because um, I, look they when a lot of stories obviously um, with it being critical catch month about Ron Rivera and overcoming um, you know his, his illness. So it was great to see them get the victory. But yeah, for the the Falcons and Arthur Smith. Um, you know, you could see his face just a, as it began to to happen, um, and it was almost like he knew that you know this was just a, almost inevitable. Um, but yeah, kudos to to Washington for for keeping at it, and it sh- shows shows the, the importance of playing to the whistle.
1: I picked Washington in this game because I just have no faith in the Falcons, and having watched last week's games, last week's game against the Giants, I felt the Giants threw that one away as well, and. I mean, the Falcons are, the last year, this year, nothing's changed. You just find ways to lose these games. <laughs> Even that 6% marker comes up on the screen, you're thinking, yeah, but this is the Falcons and they'll still find a way. Just can't trust them. And look, the Washington team, explosive on offense, but again, that defense, again, just didn't you know, kind of show any promise in terms of what we saw last year. like Matt Ryan had a day against him again, but unfortunately Matt Ryan just keeps coming out on the wrong end of these results and that that touchdown that you referred to, Colin, yeah, I think that wasn't one that was drawn up. I think it was very much okay. I'm kind of struggling here. Thankfully, he found an escape plan on the other side of the field. Look, again, what can you say about this Falcons team? Yeah. They're going to be exciting to watch on Sunday, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have any faith in them. I don't have any faith in the Jets either. So sit back and relax and enjoy a crazy game on Sunday.
3: Well, it was a great, it was a great red zone game. It was one of those games you don't expect to be so entertaining, and then it's end to end. It's an exciting fourth quarter. All I want to know is, and Colin, you called him out last uh, at the weekend at our, our weekend show, Corderell Patterson. Like, has he just been bathed in the fountain of youth and rejuvenated in relation to it? A three touchdown game, um, and maybe it's like teams are keying in so much on Ridley and Pitts that he's just being exp- exploiting the space there. But Ryan keyed in on him. And he was definitely keeping them in the game i did pick the falcons i thought no i believe this time this time they're gonna they're gonna make it and obviously there was plenty of opportunities for them in the fourth quarter to get there but it's the Heineke um magic carpet ride, and he's you know gonna fling it he's gonna try and make things happen and some way somehow um he gets them there um in the end and so great to see really entertain as hell game um and great scoring i know we can get to another entertaining game in a bit but before we get to an entertaining game why don't we go to the denver game michael because i'm sure you want to talk about the ravens performance yesterday
0: yeah the ravens beat the broncos 23-7 last night uh, taking that aside just very quickly coming in my head i actually find the late games take for my fandom away i find the late games one-sided and boring. but maybe i'm just crazy uh like the nine o'clock games. Yeah, the Broncos could beat twenty three seven, came out with a seven and lead. Um Teddy Bridgewater gets concussed at, at half time and then Drew lock comes in and the Broncos fall to three and one. It's interesting, Colin, because it was a poor performance. Uh, and we've got a exclusive video um of an incredible <laughs> this is like curb your enthusiasm. That pretty much summed up the game last night, Colm. Yeah,
2: yeah, because it was ridiculous. Because ten seconds prior to that, the Broncos are trying to throw uh, the the ball in for you know a, a nothing touchdown. And in fairness, Harbaugh highlighted that today when he said, "I didn't know there was a sixteen point score available in in, in, <laughs> in the game." Um, look, I went on a, a Ravens podcast during the week and said, "There is no way Vic Fangio would be silly enough to think that you know you could just." You know, um, invite Lamar to beat you with his arm because you know you 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 watch Lamar; he's capable of throwing it, and he's grown into that this year. And that's exactly what Vic Fangio did. Ah, uh, we'll just we'll stop him escaping the pocket. And we'll dare him to try. And oh look, he's a three hundred yard game. Um, Hollywood Brown with a flying catch, um, and uh, just you know the the Broncos' special teams were awful. Look, there's very little to to say about it. The other thing I will say is that there are a lot of Broncos fans very annoyed about, you know, some of the late hits. And yeah, absolutely, Teddy Bridgewater took one right to the face. The rest are no flags on. The Broncos, we tried to decapitate Cam Newton in the opening game of the, the season in September 2016. Cam has never been the same player since. Nope. Very few Broncos fans given out at that point. Look, it go it goes around. You play a smash mouth. You want what you want is the next time one of their guys tries doing that, one of your O line guys comes across. I mean, they just too many, too many excuses, too too many excuses.
0: Brian Justin Simmons very quiet for the Broncos and the arguably taking any hat off me here now. Defense asked of too much yesterday after Caddy goes out.
1: I think Callum has made the point though. They challenged Lamar to beat him with his arm, and he he did. And Brown had four four catches for 91 yards, and and just on Justin Simmons, Mark Andrews. You know, I know there's a couple where Simmons got in, but he seemed to dominate him in the game and was comfortable enough. Martindale adjusted really well defensively for the Ravens after after the Broncos went seven up. And I saw some comments on, on Twitter this morning. There was one particular fan who said. To your point, Colin, you were giving up with the fact that Teddy's gone out of the game, and some guy said now he's probably been removed from Twitter and his blue tick has gone at this stage, and he's been dumped in the fire. But he said, anyone think we are winning that game whether Teddy stayed in or not is living in a cuckoo world. But um, there, were, just on that last piece, I just want to go to that last one around the hole, giving the three yards, and the players getting injured. When the Broncos not just step back and allow them to run the play then, because all they were going to do was take the three yards and take a knee anyway. Like the, essentially, the play was ran. Jackson went out on the on the perimeter, and the Broncos players went out there. The game is over. Just stand there and let him get us three yards. He just made a. I think what's happened today is he's trying to deflect from a poor performance and a pure um mm-hmm. a poor coaching performance from his standpoint. Because I think he knows that they've had these three wins, and these games really are going to be the ones that decide whether he's here or there next year. Not the ones against teams. That's the opposition likes of the Giants. Jags, etc., and other teams that you'll play throughout the season. His career is going to be based on these type of games.
0: But oh, come on now, the Giants have won a game now; they're not in that category anymore. So, well, they're not like. I mean, well,
1: you but... we understand where I'm coming from. From a Broncos' point of view, these are the type of games. If you're moving on to the next level, you have to win, and they were well handled yesterday.
0: Yeah, and Mark, uh, there's no real excuses for, for Vic fans you and I because he plays an old man next week, a very old man. And ben Roethlisberger I mean there's no but like there, there are no excuses there he'll have to learn from that very quickly uh,
3: yeah I mean look it would be interesting to see how he adapts and plays in different things I mean bear in mind the Ravens offense has its flaws we talk about it quite a bit but you can't like this was almost like the Greenbow Packers um defensive game plan against Carlin Kaepernick I think in the year 13 playoffs where he beat them with run actually, um so with the uh, um zone so reads constantly the year before so they loaded up on the run completely and Kaepernick just picked him apart I mean Lamar Jackson isn't that the arm strength or k- talent I would say of Kaepernick in the passing game but he has more than enough to take part of defense in that regard and especially as it was the secondary which obviously was lauded quite rightly as having loaded with talent for the Broncos that you know is not how you would like that game to go down from Broncos perspective but look the Ravens win. They stay in a top, a very surprisingly competitive AFC North. All three, three of the teams are three and one. Obviously, the Steelers are pulling up the, the rear in that regard. And, you know, we, we all move on. Um, Steelers, as you say, to, uh, sorry, the Broncos, to the Steelers, and the Ravens obviously trying to stay um, neck and neck with the Browns and the Bengals, surprisingly, at the top of that division. But, look, it, from a neutral perspective, all of this, you know, drama afterwards. I mean, I know Vic Fangio's not probably having a good Monday. He's definitely not having as good a Friday as uh, Urban Meyer allegedly had. But still, um, that that aside, um, you know, there were some games that were a lot more points, a lot more entertainment and excitement in relation to it. So, you know, the Chiefs game, for example. I mean, we're talking about defensive. Chiefs on offense, great, fantastic and everything. They still got up 30 points to Philly on defense. Mm which would worry me if I'm a Chiefs fan. The same token as a neutral, load the points up, have a good have a good time, guys. You know, let's have points here, there and everywhere. So um, outside of the Washington-Atlanta game in the early window, that was obviously a game that was uh, loading up on red zone, loading up in terms of, you know, uh, scores flying in from all directions. But... You know the eagles whatever about game plans maybe cover tyree kill a little bit maybe <laughs> don't allow him to wander free wherever he likes. Yeah, nine Four, for ten, ten
1: nine nine for ten on tour downs the chiefs and the, the only one was an interception nick sirian has this highlighter marker on his on his on his hat I don't know if you noticed. i'm not sure what he's using is he using it to highlight any particular things during the game because the chiefs has went up and down with him all day long over oh. 400 yards you're right about the defense, though. If if the Eagles are doing that, then what's going to happen when other teams get hold them? Who are much better well, than, the, than the Eagles? A
0: Chiefs defense, boys. It's in, It's interesting. Unfortunately, I've got a flight at six a.m. from Gatwick to, to to Belfast on Monday morning. Sunday night football is uh, the Chiefs and the Bills fantastic so I'm going to miss that on, on so I mean I can't watch that I'm going to work uh, let's move on One, one point, one oh, yeah, point
2: yeah. that just that I that, yeah you, the, rightly the Eagles you can throw a lot of flack at them for the points they gave up and Jalen Hurts still has a lot of work to do to prove he's a franchise QB but the kid has guts and he has moxie and he doesn't panic um, which is a, is a great trait for, for a young QB and I maintain that while they mightn't win a lot of games, they will be wonderfully entertaining to watch uh, throughout uh, the season. Uh, yeah, I do. I have a soft thought for, for Philly. Um, and I, I think that um, I, I, just, I, enjoy, I enjoy watching them. And I enjoy the raucousness of the, of the fans because it's not something you always get. There's a lot of, uh, of quiet grounds that you see, but uh, not in Philly.
0: You don't have many teams pull up 30 points against the greatest team of all time. as some people would argue, 30 points, again, is interesting. I agree with Column. Philly, at some point, especially the first couple of quarters in that game, were good to watch. Kept it in a bit, and it was exciting to watch. And
1: the I problem for the Eagles. Was is, them. Sorry, Michael. The problem for the Eagles is they've given up 41 points. I know we're playing, they're playing against explosive offenses, like last week. Um, they gave it up against Cowboys on Monday night, and they've given up another 40 odd this week, and. They're going to come up against better teams again with more with more offensive powers at, at b and that's the problem they're you're very weak defensively
0: yeah and obviously it was a late night last night for all of us um or i guess most nfl fans the return really going to foxborough for the first time as a i guess a non-patriot uh, i I've, i personally find it surreal watching it and it was good to see a, a good reaction for, for most again i thought it was respectful uh, a, a lot more respectful than I, than I thought it was going to be after Mark Cockerell literally convinced me that it was going to be Armageddon. But uh, good to see, Column fans have a bit of respect for somebody to put that that franchise on the map. Unlike their owner, I mean, it was all Brady, wasn't it? Yeah?
2: Um, I, I look, I think whatever whatever way you pay your money, you get to you get to do, uh, behave in whatever way uh, you want. Um, I, what was interesting was, and I had, I had said on, um, on our weekend show that Brady admitted over the summer that 90% of what he says in public isn't, isn't true. I'd say 99%. And I would say that's the case for most um, people involved in any sport, but with things that are said in public, not true. And he said, oh, I didn't think a, a whole lot of, about the game. He clearly did because he did not look. Um, sharp in any way shape or form he launched every ball at about a hundred miles an hour he overthrew guys all night um and he clearly wanted this so badly um but he was uh you know he he, he wanted it too badly he absolutely reeked of desperation uh, which is never a good look uh, when you're out and about on the town um, and um, he he very nearly paid the the price for it if um I think if if the Patriots had opened it up a little bit more for Matt Jones and and been willing to take a few more shots because the box in, in the secondary, you know they're, they're they're carrying injuries there, it could have all been very different. Um, and the now that that game is out of the way, my God! Hopefully, we don't have another game with you know a four-week build-up, and I just hope that talking about it tonight, it's not like um, what Des Bishop says about coming to Ireland in July 1990. Three weeks after we beat Romania, four weeks after we finished partying, if we're still well, talking about else. this game um, four weeks from now, just it's done. <laughs> he came back. They won. It's. It's over. Let's move on with the rest of the season because the Bucks are going to be in the, the playoffs. They're obviously going trying to go back-to-back, back and that's going to be far more interesting than him going uh, back to Foxborough.
1: The win the win has come at a cost for them because they've lost Winfield and Davis. Two more players winning the secondary. So they're, they're greatly exposed at the moment. And, yeah, to your point... If there was a bit more aggressiveness towards the end of the game, I felt that the Patriots would have won. But the game itself played out exactly as I called it. I know I went for the Patriots, but I said I felt that defensively the Patriots would slow him up. They were very good in coverage. They were more reliant on the run game, which leads to taking field goals as opposed to scoring touchdowns. I mean, he didn't even throw a touchdown last night. And yeah, to, to the point, Cosme, I felt he did look a bit kind of not overall for the occasion, but obviously emotionally it, it got to him to a certain extent because his, his play play was struggling at times as passing wasn't was an I wouldn't say erratic but it was off and i felt that the page would hang around i felt mac jones would have a an efficient game It just didn't work out but they had the opportunity to win and i think if they just had been a little bit more aggressive on that last drive they might have just given folk a little bit more of a leeway to get make that field goal and yeah i agree with colin i mean the build-up was just it was just i had to put it on mute. it was just relentless oh come on it wasn't that bad well, there's other people in america saying it today as well so i'm not the only one who thinks that do
0: so. you know what man as somebody that's hated the patriots for years the night that he flew it after a pick against the titans wasn't two two weeks two months later he goes even better then he won the super bowl and then came back as a champion 10 out of 10 funny and i think if you could have gave tom brady who was clearly nervous right last night the option to win that game without throwing any passing touchdowns to piss people off i think he would have sucked that and ran for the hills even though he's probably not happy. He'll look back and say that. And just one thing, Mark. Before I let you in here, I was watching ESPN yesterday morning, and yeah, of course, it was massive build up to this game. That is the last time the Patriots will be on primetime football outside of the Thursday night. In my opinion, for a very, very long time, unless they get in some sort of incredible quarterback or somebody that's going to be better than Mac Jones, I think that's it. And I think you know, at Foxbury yesterday, it was that realization: this is it. Tom's came into town. That's it. Here, is somebody gonna clean up the stands behind it?
1: Mark, can I make oh. a quick point? Work what? Yeah, um, I think you'll walk away from this game slightly disappointed because judging by the way years were speaking on, on 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 the weekend show and the other shows across the states and the UK, it was gonna be a beat down. He was gonna go in there and he was gonna hammer them and he was gonna make a show of them and he was gonna prove to Belichick that he made a mistake, let him go and Josh McDaniels, blah blah blah. He he didn't get any of that. And his father was sitting there with his glasses on on the phone during the fourth quarter. wasn't even watching the game, but by the fourth quarter, he had his glasses off and the and the the, <laughs> the the hat was off and the the stress levels were up. I mean, the man beside him was hugging his wife for half the half the game. He, and then come the fourth quarter, the, he looked a bit stressed because he felt that game was that game was in the lap of the gods.
2: At, so, least, he, at least he was hugging his own wife, hopefully, because <laughs> uh <laughs> Earth, Earth was hugging somebody who wasn't his wife.
0: Lads, come on, come on. He, was,
2: he, he admitted that
3: he's already apologized, and Tony Khan's okay with it, so you know, other things to worry about. <laughs> oh,
0: but look, you know, turning back you to the
3: Pats game and stuff, I mean, yeah, look, the Patriots could have won that game, it was certainly tighter than I expected because I actually thought the talent differential was so great. Um, it looked like Brady was missing gronk uh, at times in relation to it. I mean, you featured Cameron Bray on the number of um roots and concepts that obviously would have been gronk in other in other regard but um yeah i'm glad it's over as well because of something i wasn't looking forward to as a fan for about a year and a half um ever since or over a year and a half now so um ever since it was announced he was going to the box and they had this penciled in look it is what it is it was a game that wasn't as enjoyable to watch as a fan because of the weather and of all the circumstances Brady did enough. I, I think Belichick's already answered questions on Monday morning about, why didn't you go for on 4th and 3? Why did you try the 56 yarder? Because the weather wasn't great. And yeah, it felt it hit the post. But nonetheless, that was a low percentage opportunity. And of course, Belichick, like he did on 4th and 2 in Indianapolis and other scenarios, said, I had to make the decision I thought was the right. And basically, F you to everyone else. I'm going to make these calls. And I'm happy to live with the consequences. But, Michael, to your point, like the Patriots aren't, don't look very good this year. They've still got so many problems to fix on the O line and the D line. Um, they will, as they inevitably do, get better during the year because they've got a pretty good head coach there who will coach them up during the year. Um, but unlike you, Mac Jones is doing exactly what Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are asking him to do. Is it the flashiest? No. Is he staying in the pocket? Is he sliding in the pocket? Is he escaping pressure? Is he converting on big third downs? Is he doing the throws they want him to do? Absolutely. And in fact, the parallels to how the Patriots evolved their offense and what they were asking of Brady to do in 2001, 2002 were very similar. So, you know, it, it definitely isn't going to be the headless chicken running around that you'll see from other rookie quarterbacks. And it's definitely not going to be as sexy as others. But are the Patriots going to be relevant for the next number of years? No. Because they're in a big money markets, so they'll definitely still be on prime time. And secondly, more than happy with how Matt Jones is starting, but the red zone offense and obviously the points in the board needs to improve. I think that'll come.
0: So I have to say, yeah. Sorry, I Um classy from the Patriots last night in terms of how the handle ever the both at the start, um, whenever he broke the record, fair play to them, both the organization and the fans. They didn't embarrass themselves. Uh, any other business? Colin, do you wanna do you want to go first?
2: Um, just, I I suppose, um, what, what what strikes me um, is that at this point of the season, usually after week four, that'd be 20, 25% of the season gone. But thanks to week 17, that is uh, no longer the case. And uh, for that, I am very grateful.
1: Now, I was going to make the point, and Mark's already addressed it during the show, is that you know, as much as you do season previews and everybody makes their picks for the playoffs and wild cards, the reality is there's gonna be up and coming teams that always make that extra step. And it looks like the Cardinals are, are gonna be one of those teams this year. And I still think the Panthers have, have a good opportunity if they get McCaffrey back to go towards the playoffs. So there could be different teams and now the number one seed and things like that are all back in the melting pot. And fantastic okay. Sunday night game leading coming up as well with the Bills and the Chiefs. So it'll be interested to see how that goes. But Mark already kinda of touched on it, so that's, that's really where my head's at.
3: Yeah, and just to wrap up, Mike, I mean, we didn't touch on the Steelers-Packers game. Steelers still have problems, as we announced before, and the Packers did enough to win, so come for a win for them. And the Bills-Texans, like the Bills almost super efficiency. That's two teams they've uh, um, kept to a duck egg this season, but, you know, 40-zip, it was super efficient from them. And, and like I said, two-game division lead, so they're definitely on track there. Just to Colin's point, in the 17 games as well, Last line on the Pats and the Bucks. Statistically, it is probably the least important game Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have ever coached or played in. Because technically, of course, it's 0.83% less important with 17 games than last year with 16 games. It's only a regular season game, and not only that, it's an interconference regular season game. So it's not going to even count towards tiebreakers, or the vast majority of tiebreakers, an element. So you can make a real argument and say, whilst emotion and everything, from an actual meaningful perspective, it was as meaningless as it can get for one of the the precious few 17 games we get of the NFL during the regular season.
0: Michael's been stunned by that. He's stunned. He's stunned, that he's, he's stunned. He's stunned. I, I, yeah. I heard that Ireland in July comment 20 minutes ago, and I just, you know, since then, I haven't been the um, same. <laughs> just a shout out to Neil Reynolds and uh, Henry Hodgson, big Dolphins fans. Henry Hodgson was tweeting last night saying that he's going to bring his talents to the red zone for the rest of the season. There's still time. There's still time. Two, two weeks to London. Uh, and also Justin Fields. I love Matt Nagy. Just keep it coming, mate. That is, it's commonly gold keep it lit every day of the week boys uh we'll talk about that more in first night we've got a hell of a game on Thursday night to look forward to and we'll talk about that then the seahawks and the rams that'll be a late night it's time for you boys to move over just just a touch I can't make it move I'll try and move a bit come on come on Mark. Brian yeah all good Um I actually put the results of this up by accident at the start of the show you may have seen it because Brian laughed column do you, do you want to go first we got the Chargers 2-1 against the Raiders 3 and No, obviously Presented by our partners at Matchbook uh, Betting Exchange, you can use the code Irish NFL Show for a bonus uh, on the exchange on tonight's Monday Night Football column. Who have we got?
2: Either either team could absolutely win this um, because in Justin Herbert, the Chargers have found themselves one of the top q qbs in the league he is just an absolute phenomenon there isn't a throw he can't make um and whether it's the first quarter or the fourth quarter he appears to have ice in his veins um and he he just he just you know you saw it last week against the the chiefs um he just makes things happen whether it's first down or fourth down um i i re i'm super impressed by Herbert. I, I hope um he stays injury free and go uh you know goes on to have a long career because i think he'll be very fun to watch however you know it's not fun to be in the same um division as him but like you know we all know what a good qb mahomes is and the charges of somebody who can go toe to toe with him and win uh so the i i they they absolutely have that but I just feel that tonight, um, and look away now, fellow Broncos fans, I just get the feeling that the the Raiders are, are going to keep <coughs> their season going because I, I, I think the wheels will come off at some point, but I don't think they'll come off yet. And the Chargers um, had another injury um, on on defense, and they've guys who picked up knocks, um, whereas the, the Raiders – like their front four gets so much pressure and they can still keep guys in coverage. And I think that will be the difference tonight, but I could see a situation where the Ra- you know, the Raiders win this particular battle. I, the Chargers could win the, the division. They could beat out the, the Chiefs to, to, win, to win the division. But for tonight, I just have a feeling it'll be the Raiders, which means people should probably put money on the Chargers.
1: This is a this is a maintenance of a great game. It's a maintenance of a high-scoring game. And the Chargers' defence, week one, low scoring in terms of what they gave up against the Washington football team. Similar enough in week two. Then we hit week three, and they came up against a really explosive offence in the Chiefs, and I know they, they won the game, but they still gave up a lot of points. And this Raiders' offence, I touched on it in the season preview show, picked them to go to playoffs. I'm going to keep harping on about it. They are an explosive. I believe they're underrated. I don't think they get the credit they deserve. and I don't think... Carr gets the credit that he deserves, so I think he's a really, really good quarterback. So for me, I'm sticking with the Raiders. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I could see it coming down to the last drive. Would it shock me if the Chargers win? No. But I just think Rudin at the moment just has something going with this team. Maybe because a lot of people have written them off at the start of the season. They'll just find a way to win a high-scoring game, a field goal maybe, potentially late field goal.
3: So um, the Las Vegas Raiders have set a new record. They're the first team in NFL history to start a season 3-0, and having beaten three teams who all had 10 wins in the previous season. So, you know, it's not like they've had a light start. Somebody was saying, oh, well, look at the Chargers. They are the Cowboys, now they are the Chiefs, now they are the Raiders. I say, well, the Raiders haven't had sunshine and skittles uh, for the first three weeks of the season. And in fact, I mean, we're talking about the entertainment factor. The Raiders are the most entertaining team in the NFL at the moment. Like, look at two of their wins. They were 14 points down in two of them, and they came back to win. It has been a wild, wild ride uh, for the Raiders. And to Brian, you know, saying, oh, I've picked them for the playoffs." I picked them for the playoffs last year. They're my dark horse last year. And what happened? The Shaggers lost the last five of the last seven games and just completely blew it. <laughs> the so, the Shaggers. Remember, <laughs> yeah, the Shaggers. First you um, you're
0: talking about Urban Meyer. Then you mentioned Ireland in July, and now you're talking about Shaggers.
3: I I didn't say Ireland in July, but I did bring up Meyer and Friday at his restaurant. Um, But still, um, the Friday night for me is the Raiders. When you you break it down, the boys have it's like, yeah, they've got all the attributes there. They're on a great start to the season. Um, Gruden finally feels like he's clicking in relation to it, and that defense can support them. But they've also given up a lot of points. Their ground game hasn't been as efficient, obviously, without Josh Jacobs for some of that time. And frankly, I just probably am secretly in love with Justin Herbert because there's part of me that just feels like maybe I'm just a bride jilted by the Raiders last year, but I just feel like the Chargers are putting together something special. I backed them last week against the Chiefs um, when, you know, it would have been easier perhaps to back the Chiefs. And arguably, the Chiefs started one and two, and it should have been the other way around because they should have lost the two games they won and won the game they lost. But nonetheless, the Chargers, unlike what they've done in the past, managed to see that through. And because of that, and because Justin Herbert is so amazing, and Austin Eckler can get a gun on the ground, I'm going the Chargers. I'll get there eventually, Michael. Chargers, yes.
0: I've only got one response to that, Mark.
2: What are you talking about? So-
0: Sorry, I had to do it at least once this week. Um I'm going to take the Raiders tonight in Monday Night Football uh, as a Broncos fan, that makes me sick. But again, when you've got Justin Herbert, Carr and Mahomes in your division, sure, what's the point anymore? You know, special best in the football boys. I think the Raiders are starting to look really spicy, but in true Raiders fashion, they will mess it up around week 11, week 12. But I think looking at the Chiefs, Raiders going 4-0, Chiefs are letting 20 or 30 in a game. Ooh, so, uh, look, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Obviously, Justin Herbert's got talent around him. He's a great quarterback. But looking at Derek Carr and seeing guys like Darren Waller there, I, just, I just think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be I, – I would take the under if I was betting on the exchange tonight, to be honest with you. I would take the under. I think it'll be maybe like 2017 to Las Vegas. Um, and in terms of my pick, that's what that is. We don't have any other exchange bets tonight but in terms of that in terms of our partnership with matchbook exchange if you go on to uh, matchbook use code irish nfl show you will get the best odds in the market you can do in play and you can back you can lay a bet so if the Raiders are down by 10 points at the end with five minutes to go and you want to if you want to back them you can get enhanced odds, stuff you can't get anywhere else obviously 18 plus please only spend what you can afford and uh, we've got a few comments about tonight as well tackling sports the boys are saying it's the year of the Chargers, last justin herbert future go 25 to 1 so Super it was a great bet no bias at all maybe we'll, we'll bring uh, mr hussey back on again if the if the Chargers get to the super bowl and uh, yeah sounds good but yeah and he's saying yeah Chargers will win a close one as well so um look boys that that is monday night that is what i have to say has anybody got anything more to say if, if uh we start to uh, wrap up for this week just go ah. in
3: peace to enjoy the the uh,
2: night football for me. Are we going for pints with Urban in London? That's uh, two weeks time. Two, I told two, you, two yeah, weeks. Yeah, I know, but I, I need to I need to start plan need to start planning now.
0: Well, we got breaking news, right? So me and Colin were doing media this weekend uh, for the Jets against the Falcons, and Brian and Mark are doing media for the Jags against the Dolphins. And something tells me after the comments tonight about Urban Meyer. We could be I, in a lot of trouble, and I, we might not get me. I,
1: I, I thought you'd be like, if you're concerned about going out drinking with me, God, God help you if you went with
0: it Or we know, drinking boys, we're on a strict show this weekend, 9 a.m. Sunday morning. We are opposite Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Will there be anybody famous there? We have no idea. Will somebody turn up? Have the Jaguars got any famous alumni in two weeks' time? We'll find out. Uh, <laughs> I'm only joking, but look, uh, obviously, live Blake on portals. Sunday. I'm, yeah, well, I don't know. That's on Sunday, and really excited for it, boys. I'm gonna go met now and I'm gonna shout up. I'm gonna give a shout to D Orlando. I think we're gonna get D Orlando on live on Sunday. Call go give him a message after this show. But, uh, lads, looking forward to it. We got a big night on Thursday night. What time are we back? First night, nine or ten. Decide right now. <sighs>
1: We'll, we'll, you're, we'll, you're we'll, asking Mark Cockrell to make a
2: decision about what at what time and we're more than 48 hours ahead of, of time good luck I'm going to say 9 text o'clock text right before. And we'll get there Michael mark, absolutely three,
0: yeah. big game on Thursday thanks to everybody it's probably our biggest ever live show apart from the Super Bowl so thanks to everybody who's watched it and I leave you tonight with uh, a lovely video from Denver good night